Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The number of cattle in Texas High Plains feed yards is way up. And that's a problem for area livestock operators when it comes to negotiating with the packers. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The state veterinarian urges owners of livestock to vaccinate their animals against anthrax. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We've been in a La Nina weather pattern here in Texas recently, but it looks like it's now over. Jessica Domel explains. The weather pattern that brings warmer, drier weather to Texas is over, for now. The National Weather Service's latest report says La Nina has ended and we've returned to normal or neutral conditions. Neutral conditions are typically seen when we're in a transition between El Nino and La Nina, but we're not likely to see an El Nino, which brings cooler, wetter weather to Texas anytime soon. According to the Weather Service, there's a 67% chance we'll see neutral conditions through August. And there's a 50 to 55% chance La Nina will return in the late fall and winter. That means more warmer, drier weather is on the way. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Biden trade deal moratorium needs to stop. That's the opinion of Texas Congressman Kevin Brady, who is the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee. The Biden administration's trade agreement moratorium needs to cease. It's not enough to buy American. We need to sell American all throughout the world. We need new customers for our blue-collar manufacturing workers, for our farmers, for our Main Street businesses. Brady says the time is right for new trade deals. We need new trade agreements to promote our workers and sell our products, whether in the U.K., Kenya, Japan, the EU, the Asia-Pacific, or elsewhere. First step is to renew the strong partnership between Congress and Administration on Trade to Trade Promotion Authority. We must get started quickly so we can negotiate these agreements and sell American, as well as send a strong signal to the rest of the world that America will lead on trade. Texas Congressman Kevin Brady. It seems that meat packers have all of the control in the beef business right now, with boxed beef prices near record levels and big numbers of cattle in feed yards. James Hunt takes a look at the situation from Amarillo. When I last checked in with Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association a month ago, feed yards in the Texas High Plains were looking at losses on a cash basis of about $50 a head. 
But Miller says with fed cattle prices at around $1.20 a pound last week on the spot market, the losses have escalated. Cattle coming out of the feed yards today on a cast basis would be losing about $100. As we've been talking about for months now, High feed costs are a big burden for feed yard operators, but another major dilemma is high inventories. Miller says TCFA estimates that within TCFA's three-state membership area of Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, at the present time, there are about 3.2 million cattle in feed yards, well above the five-year average of 2.9 million head. And Miller says that surplus puts feed yards at a disadvantage when it comes to negotiating prices with the packers. Today, with limited shackle space in the packing industry, we're price takers to keep these cattle moving because cattle, it is a perishable product and you can't just feed them forever. You're going to end up taking a lower price and that's where we're at today. The high inventory numbers are, at least in part, a reflection of the production backlog that was created by the pandemic. Recently, packing plants have been getting about $3.15 a pound on sales of the choice boxed beef cutout, and Miller says if feed yard inventories weren't so high, their operators could be in a position to command better prices for their cattle. If you look at previous history of watching the cutout and prices, and you do a comparison and move that forward to today, analysts would tell you that on a level playing field on a good day, we should be in the buck 50, buck 60, buck 70 range potentially. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. My guest today is Caleb Stuber. He's the district sales manager for Precision Planting. He's based in Sweetwater, Texas. Caleb, the planters are still running in many parts of Texas, and your company has a money-saving product that can help Texas farmers called the V-Set Seed Meter. Tell me about that product. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if we look at your planter, the meter is really kind of the heart of the whole planter, right? Because that's what's picking that seed up and, and dropping it down. And, you know, outside of the hill drop cotton areas of Texas, when my planter is calling for one seed, which is most of the time, I expect that my meter is going to put out a single seed when I called for a single seed, not no seed, not two, three, four, you know, whatever. You know, the, the whole idea of the meter is, is to drop that single seed. And so as a company, as we look at meters and, and how can we develop a better technology just to ensure that we're going to get that single seed out every time I call for that single seed. Well, Caleb, I guess the bottom line here is saving money by getting one seed when you need one seed, not too many or not enough. Absolutely. So, you know, if we're looking at, you know, corn, if we're, you know, talking to our corn farmers, you know, we know through our research, through independent agronomist research, through university research, that if I don't get a, a seed and it's a skip, it's going to cost me 80% of that crop. But, you know, where I could have got an ear, it's, it's going to knock back 80%. If it's a multiple, I'm gonna, those ears are going to pull back and shrink because there's more competition for sunlight, water, nutrients. And it's going to cost me about 40% of that ear loss. Don't have, you know, quite those numbers in cotton. We've done some some research in that. You know, there's a planterology is out of Dalhart, Texas, and they've done some work on that. And they found that a skip in cotton can cost me up to 20% loss in, in bowls and a multiple can cost me 7%. So there is a cost to not getting it right. Where can a farmer go to find more information, Caleb? 
Um, our website, precisionplanting.com, is a great place to start. The next best place to go is is find a precision planting dealer in your area. Um, there are a number of them around Texas. And what's great about finding a local dealer is they can really explain in, in the local conditions and you know soil types and the planters that are rolling in those areas what they have found and what really pays and you know what's that return on your investment in that area of, of Texas. That's Caleb Stuber. He's with Precision Planting. He's based in Sweetwater. We're seeing cases of anthrax pop up here in Texas this spring, so it's a good idea to vaccinate your cattle if you're in an anthrax-prone area. Tom Nicoletti has the story. The state veterinarian of Texas, Dr. Andy Schwartz, is encouraging livestock owners in anthrax-prone areas to have their animals vaccinated against the disease this spring. And Dr. Uh, Schwartz uh, joins us from Austin. And Dr. Why uh, is it so uh, important to get the, the vaccinations done at this time? It's very important to vaccinate livestock now ahead of any disease outbreak. Um, that's when the vaccine is most effective and, and can do the producer the most good. So it's best to get those animals vaccinated two to four weeks before the first cases of anthrax are expected. And, and we're in that time frame now. And when we talk about livestock, we're talking about cattle, swine, equine, sheep and goats. This has to do with the weather as well, right? Because the weather has an impact on when this disease occurs. Exactly. It's uh, usually we see it in the spring of the year. It usually follows some cooler, wetter weather and then followed by a hot and dry periods. And so that happens normally in our springtime and early summer here in Texas. The conditions are, are right or will soon be right for um, anthrax outbreaks if they happen this year. We don't see them every year, but uh, in some years they get really bad. And if the out- outbreak is already happening, then it's too late or, or the vaccine doesn't do as good as it would to uh, vaccinate animals ahead of time. And in Texas, anthrax can occur just about anywhere, but most often it's confined to a triangular area bordered by the towns of Uvalde, Ozona, and Eagle Pass in southwestern Texas. These include the the counties of Crockett, Edwards, Kinney, Maverick, Sutton, and Valverde, and also Briscoe and Armstrong counties in the Panhandle last year had some cases. So uh, those are the people that really need to be vigilant. That's correct. But traditionally, the triangular area of Uvalde, Ozone, and Eagle Pass are hot spots. Dr. Schwartz, uh, anthrax is a bacterial disease. Explain the symptoms that can occur, and this can also lead to uh, death of the animals. That's correct. Uh, anthrax can be fatal. An animal contracts anthrax usually by ingesting the bacterial spores. That's very hardy stage that the bacteria lives in for decades, potentially, in the soil. But it's either ingested or inhaled normally, or it can be taken into the animal through an abrasion in the skin. But normally in livestock, we'd see a sudden onset, just an animal found dead. It dies so quickly, you don't don't see it ill. But if you did see it, what you would commonly see in this acute form is, is staggering and weakness, and it would uh, be disoriented and go down uh, quickly within a matter of uh, 24 hours. That again is Dr. Andy Schwartz. He is a state veterinarian and also executive director of the Texas Animal Health Commission. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The February freeze has led to several major changes for the CCA Texas annual star fishing tournament. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today. And a horse that doesn't sweat properly can have a lot of problems, especially here in Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you have a horse that doesn't sweat properly, it can cause a lot of problems, especially if that horse lives right here in Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd explains. A lack of sweating is called anhydrosis, and the horse is one of three species that use sweating as a method to cool their body. The other two are primates and humans. The syndrome in horses is called chronic idiopathic anhydrosis because it is a long-term disease and no one knows what causes some horses not to sweat while others in the same environment do sweat. The horse publication indicates Dr. Laura Patterson Rosa from Florida has performed some research on the condition and indicates typical symptoms include a dry coat, rapid breathing, decreased eating and drinking, hair loss, lethargy, and sometimes increased rectal temperature. Many owners and vets as well think these horses have a respiratory disease like pneumonia due to labored breathing and lethargy, especially if they have a fever. However, their blood work, lung ultrasound, and lung testing is usually normal, but these tests are required to rule out a respiratory disease. Symptoms usually occur in the summer when it is hot and humid, and we also notice a lot of symptoms in the early fall, especially in horses with PPID or Cushing's disease. Because so many older horses have some degree of Cushing's disease and Cushing's disease horses can have decreased sweating, this is not an uncommon finding. Dr. Patterson Rosa found that anhydrosis is heritable and most horses had decreased sweating on the neck and increased heart rates. Diagnosis is by performing a sweat test by injecting a medication under the skin on the affected horse and also a non-affected horse and comparing the amount of sweat produced. So if your horse is breathing hard at rest, a lack of sweating could be the cause. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The February freeze has led to major changes for one Texas fishing tournament. Jessica Domo has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers who want a chance at winning a new boat, truck, ATV, or even a college scholarship can register now for the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas annual STAR tournament. The tournament kicks off May 29th and runs through September 6th. Dylan Sassman, assistant tournament director, says this year's tournament includes the return of the popular Red Snapper division. Red snapper's been a hot topic issue for a long time now. And just off the research that the uh, Heart Research Institute provided with the great snapper count that was finally completed, we just felt it was time to bring that back. We do have a weight limit on it. We felt the fisher was in a good place for it and put those restrictions in there to minimize any impact we potentially have. Yeah, that's one of the most loved sport fish by Texas anglers. A lot of them missed it dearly. The angler who catches the heaviest red snapper will win a Polaris Ranger and Big Tex trailer. As Sassman mentioned, CCA Texas is working to protect Texas coastal fisheries. Due to the freeze that killed off millions of fish in February, the speckled trout, 
flounder, sheep's head, and gaff top divisions have been removed entirely from this year's tournament. There will be three different tagged redfish divisions utilizing a mandatory catch and release format. All you do is clip the tag at the base. You have to release that fish, and then you take that tag to the weigh-in station. The tournament spans the entire Texas Gulf Coast. You can register at any point before or during the tournament, but to be eligible to win a prize, you must register before you reel in a tagged fish. Rules and registration are available on startournament.org. That is startournament.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle, cotton, and corn all finished higher on Tuesday, while feeder cattle and wheat moved lower. We'll take a closer look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle futures moved higher on Tuesday, getting support from news that Argentina has posted a 30-day ban on all cattle exports. That could open up the door to export more U.S. beef in the weeks ahead. June live cattle up $1.40, closing at one sixteen seventy-five. August up a dollar thirty one nineteen seventy two. Feeder cattle market, however, closing lower with May feeders down seventy two cents one thirty seven twenty. August feeder cattle down eighty two at one fifty one ninety two. September feeder cattle down seventy one fifty three fifty two. Cash fed cattle market quiet on Tuesday. No sales to report. The feedlots asking one twenty one this week. No bids reported from the Packers. Boxed beef prices continue to climb. Choice up another 330 at 322.92. Select up 272, 299.61. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Ken Jordan sold cattle in San Sab and did a grand job on Thursday. Ken, how'd that thing turn out? Yeah, Larry, we ended over right over a seven, right seventeen hundred head today. Very, very uh, choice offering of calves and yearlings that were on hand. I was real pleased with the quality. I thought we had very strong demand from the buyers. Lots of activity today. I thought we saw the stalker steers were right at two to four dollars higher. I thought the stalker heifers were five to six higher. Uh, we had five steers. We had five fifty-six at a buck sixty, uh, right at eight hundred and ninety dollars on those. I thought the feeder steers, they were probably six to eight dollars higher. Had seven steers, weighed seven eleven at a buck forty six, a little over a thousand thirty eight dollars. I thought the feeder heifers were probably six to ten higher. Packer cows were steady to maybe a dollar lower on a few cows. Bulls were steady. I thought our pairs bred cows were steady 
was very, very good to man. Lost that keys on those, too, Larry. Now, Ken, how about next Thursday sale in San Seb? But y'all are going to crank it off a little bit early, right? We're going to start about 30 minutes early. We've got 30 really good red Angus bulls coming from the Crockett Ranches. They'll be either right at 15, 16 months old up to coming twos, Larry. All right. Ken, tell everybody how to contact you. You bet. Give us a call, Larry. Go 325-372-5159 or go to our website at jordancattle.com, Larry. Thank you, Ken Jordan. Appreciate your participation. I'm Larry Marble. Thanks for coming down the lane and visiting with us, and we'll see you again next time. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close sharply higher. June hogs up two dollars, one ten sixty-five. July hogs up two fifty-five at one eleven fifty. Class three milk was mixed. May milk up three, eighteen eighty-eight. June milk down forty-seven cents, eighteen forty-five, a hundred weight. A big jump in the cotton market on Tuesday. Traders' eyes all here on Texas. They're watching the West Texas weather. Of course, we've been getting some rain and storms throughout West Texas, but we're not getting as much rain as traders initially anticipated. The 10-day forecast shows we still have some rain to come, but the question is just how much. It all helped to boost cotton prices on Tuesday with July cotton up 169 points, 8401, October up 157 points, 8386, December cotton up 159 points, 83.30 cents. The corn market closed higher, China helping to boost prices. China back in the market again, buying up 321 million bushels of corn over the last 2 weeks. That helped to support prices with July corn up five and three quarters, six fifty-eight and a quarter. September corn up four and a half, five seventy-one. The December up six cents, five forty-three and a quarter. The wheat market finishing lower on both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat down five and a half, six forty-seven and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down one and three quarters, six ninety-eight a bushel. In the energy markets, June natural gas down nine cents, three oh one. June crude oil down seventy-two at sixty-five fifty-five a barrel. The financial markets narrowly mixed. The Dow down ninety-two points, thirty-four thousand two thirty-four. The Nasdaq up six, thirteen thousand three eighty-five. The S and P down thirteen points, four thousand one forty-nine. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. See you next time right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.